Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Two goals for Connor makes the difference. Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes gets a goal off his face, another one off his skate, and the Coyotes beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Connor McDavid did have one for Edmonton, a spectacular effort in the first period, but as usual, the rest of the Oilers' offense is downright offensive as they manage to do very little on the attack and lose again, falling back to 521. 21-3 and three on the season. The Oilers have not won back-to-back games in a month. December 11th was the last time they had any sort of a winning streak. They won December 9th and 11th to get their last set of back-to-back wins. And they continue locked in what Bob Stoffer has called a turtle derby for playoff spots in the Western Conference because other teams in the race, well, except for Arizona, they've clawed back into it. Uh, Other teams also lost this evening. It is a pretty, well, pathetic (laughs) race for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown is here as well. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Rob, great to see you. Good to be here. So here are some stats for you off the top. The Oilers outshot again tonight. They have been outshot in 14 of their last 15 games. The majority of those they have lost. They have 30 shots, more than 30 shots in a game once in that 15-game span. So outshot 14 of 15, 29 shots or fewer in 14 or 15. The last time they scored a goal that didn't involve at least one of the big three getting a point on the goal... So a goal that did not involve McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, or Dreisaitl was December 29th. Caleb Jones from Ty Ratty and Drake Kajula. Seven straight games where they have not been able to score a goal that didn't involve one of their top three guys. Well, I, I wonder how many on the course of the season they have that hasn't included one of those three guys. I, I'd say it'd be very few and far between. Uh, what, what's happening right now for the Edmonton Oilers is, is the same thing in Colorado and, and also in Anaheim. Those, these, these are were playoff teams, teams that everyone expected to battle for playoff spots. But with this, the the losing streaks that those teams have gone on lately, not only are they falling out of their division, their division playoff spots. Now they're just wild card teams. That's what they're fighting for. But they've opened the door for a lot of teams that really should be dead in the playoff race. Over the last ten games, Colorado has four points, Anaheim has three, Edmonton has six. Yep. The teams that they're chasing them, L.A. 12, Chicago 11, Arizona 13, St. Louis 12, Minnesota 11. So all of a sudden, these teams that should no longer, they, they should be selling right now because, you know what, there's no chance this year. But the fact that these, as you said, the Turtle Derby, these teams have fallen on so so badly, like they're struggling so, so awful right now, that teams that really mathematically should be eliminated here right away, now we're getting a, a, a little reprieve. The uh, L.A. tonight, who has been at the bottom of the standings all year, they're beating Pittsburgh tonight. They're moving. They're going to move eight points out of a playoff spot. Out of a spot. playoff spot. And, and Which that, seems like a lot, but when everybody else refuses to get points. And Arizona now, what are they? They're, t- they're four po- points out of a playoff spot. Two points. Two, two back of Edmonton. With a game in hand, I believe. Yes. And this is a team, Arizona, that they're missing seven players, seven good players. Their starting goaltender yeah. is gone. Uh, anyone that knows how to score a goal is gone. They've got one guy in their lineup that has 10 goals or more on the season. One guy. And and, and this this game to me, and I know that Bob and Jack talked about it, it when you come back at the end of the season, if you don't make the playoffs, this is one of the ones you look at. Before the game, I'm, I'm never a f- 
a fully confident man when it comes to a win or a loss because so many different things can happen in a hockey game goaltending refing uh weird breaks bounces stuff like that but this was a game i thought you know what i don't see this arizona team being strong enough to contain mcdavid i don't see them with the players they have out being able to offset uh offensively you know the two points that mcdavid's line's probably going to score this was as close as a sure thing, I thought, for the Edmonton Oilers here on this homestand. I thought Florida would be tough. I thought Buffalo would be tough. Calgary's going to be a, a really hard game for them. But the Arizona one, coming in here, limping in here, I thought this is a game that the Edmonton Oilers will win. And at the end of the night, it was simple. Arizona Coyotes played desperate hockey, and the Edmonton Oilers didn't. You know, before the game, I, I, I just I didn't include Arizona in this. I guess I should have. But I, I just looked at the two teams in the wild card spot and then the three best non-playoff teams, and I just went back a month. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll update it because three of them played tonight. In the in the last month, the Oilers have gone 4-9-1. and one. Anaheim has gone 3-7-3. Three, and, three. and, of course, they're O's, so they'd won the first three yeah. of that batch. Colorado has now gone 3-8-3 three, because they lost today. Minnesota lost today, so they have now gone six, seven, and one. And Vancouver. <clears throat> now Minnesota has more points, but Vancouver has a better points percentage. Vancouver is six, five, and two. Now six, five, and two in the NHL is a pretty mediocre stretch. That's the best points percentage of the five teams, either in the wild card, card spot or closest to them in the West. And that is why now, and the team that I told you that was a dark horse that I still believe has a very good chance of being a playoff team is the St. Louis Blues. Who won they, tonight. They won tonight. They've got games in hand, and they survived uh, a ton of injuries to major players on their team, and they're starting to pick it up. And that's a team that y- you got to be, be careful because that's a team everyone expected to be a playoff caliber team. They got off to a terrible start. So the, all these teams, the, the Anaheims, the Colorados, the Oilers, have opened up the door to now it's a free-for-all. Anyone in the Western Conference has got to feel they have an opportunity. And what the what Western Conference now has become, it is a, a, a has and a has-not type of uh, conference. You've got six really good teams. And then you have a bunch of teams that are battling for those two other spots. 3-2 Arizona beating the Oilers tonight at... Rogers plays Connor Garland, two power play goals, the difference for the Coyotes this evening. So, Rob, th- I mean, this has been, we knew it was going to be, depth scoring was going to be a struggle for the Oilers. We knew that coming into the season. It has been. A lot of the games they've won, you know, when Hitch came in, they, you know, they got a couple where they scored, but there was a lot of 2-1, couple one nothing. So they, they were able to do okay in the low-scoring sco- low games. And I know I'm sure, I mean, people are already texting in about it, so we might as well address it here. Line combinations are always discussed. Well, why does he go away, go away from this? And I I look at it and I think, well, he's shuffling, you know, kind of like Todd did beforehand. And I don't know what line you put together other than having two of the big three together. I, I don't know who you put together where I think where you think something positive is going to happen. Now, for me, would have I stuck with Raddy with those two guys longer tonight? Sure, yeah. I, I, I would have. I would have too. But also, you know, again, who who had a we we again look at some of the depth guys: Reader, Lucic, Cassian, uh, Kara. You know, Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi had one good shot tonight, but, but one good shot yeah. out of a group of five or six guys yeah. is, is is not going to get anything from from depth players. No, it. All the, just like Todd Hitch is shuffling the, the deck before every game just because nothing has worked as of late. Now, differently than Todd, Todd normally when he started with a line combination, they usually stayed together for, for most of the game unless something drastic happened in the game. Hitch is, I mean, it's if you're not, something's not done in the first period, he's completely changed the lines for the second and the third. What he's doing is he's using his top players so much, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and McDavid, they're getting so much ice time, they can't, he doesn't believe he can play anyone consistently with them, because you can't play McDavid 26 minutes, or what he played tonight, 24 and a half minutes, no one else, a Raddy, a Pugliarvi, a Cassian, a, a Lucic, no one else can play that many minutes. And so that's why he just keeps rotating different players on those lines, giving them a chance. Because when McDavid goes out and then all of a sudden he's back out there a minute later, a minute and a half later, the guy that was with him is not capable of doing that. So that's right. one of the reasons he's doing it. Now, is it right or wrong? I don't know. Uh, he is, he's desperate. Like 
the last number of coaches that have been here to find something that can work with some sort of consistency. But to me, it's not the line changing. It's not, and I know Oscar Kleffbaum being out of the lineup certainly hurts your team, but it's not the injuries. It's not the goaltending. To me, lately, it has been the lack of desperation in the game. Arizona won most puck battles tonight. And full credit to the Arizona Coyotes, but they got guys on their team now. I'm a, I'm a hockey fan, and I, I see a lot of hockey games, but they got guys on their team, Jordan Wheel, Mary Kemp, Christian Fisher, Josh Archibald, Ilya Lubishkin, uh, Connor Garland. Like, nobody there. Like, if, if this team is healthy, none of those guys are playing in the National Hockey League except maybe Fisher. But they outworked and outbattled the Oilers too often tonight. And at the end of the night, I think the 3-2 score is, is the, the score should have been. Arizona was a little bit better than the Edmonton Oilers tonight, which is fine other than the fact that Arizona's below you in the standings. You're desperate for points, and you're playing on home ice. And the Oilers, let's face it, really 97 times out of 100, they're going to lose Thursday's game too. Well, yeah, they, they, well, they, weren't, they weren't the better team against no. Florida until... Until overtime. Yes. Really? Yeah, you're right. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, Florida. I mean, Florida, being a struggling team, they, they found a way to lose probably more than the Oilers winning it. Well, the Oilers are eight seconds away from having lost... Eight straight on home ice. Eight straight on home ice. Or, pardon me. Yeah, it was six. Or five straight. Seven yeah, so straight. Seven straight. Seven straight. They should have... They, they, they got outplayed in both both first two games of this homestand. Florida outplayed them. They, I mean, at the end of the day, the Oilers' skill and superstars were better than the Florida Panthers, but all in all, that game, Florida was better, and and one mistake they made with eight seconds left cost them two points. 3-2 Arizona beating the Oilers tonight. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for head coach Ken Hitchcock, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Ken, I know there were a couple of, uh, of tough bounces, but, I mean, overall, what do you think cost you that game tonight, and what do you think of the way the team played? Uh, I thought the difference in the game was that they won overall they won more puck races and loose puck battles than we did and they they controlled uh, parts of the game that we we couldn't get a handle on and I think they um, they did a good job of not allowing us to pull the puck off the boards in the offensive zone we didn't have a lot of Great A chances pulling it off the boards. They kept us to the outside. They defended their zone hard and well and with numbers. And we had a tough time pulling off the boards. We've heard that a few times where other teams have won puck battles and controlled uh, the front of the net and stuff. How, how do you get more out of your guys so this doesn't happen? Well, it's this time of year. That's what it is. That's the desperation that you play with. And we, we, ha- we have to find a way. We, I've said this to you before. We've we got to find more people to do more now whether it's the group that's here or the group that's somewhere i don't know but we've got to find more people to do more if we expect to get a different result we cannot continue to ask for perfection from top people every night and expect to win hockey games we we got to get more people to be more consistent in their approach in a lot of in a lot of cases the top game that they play with is a good solid game but we can't afford the down ones. And there was too many people tonight that didn't have an A game. And this is this time of year, it's an A game. And this is how close it is. This is the same thing that happened to Vancouver and Vancouver. I mean, they've got a lot of quickness and tenacity on their hockey club. And they used it against us, just like they did against Vancouver. And that's a small window that's there right now. We, we, we could have, should have, whatever. You know, we got some bad breaks. But overall, if you look at it, they had more people that won more races and more puck battles than we did. Uh, Ken, how similar was this game to you, this performance, uh, to the one Thursday against Florida? Uh, They're different. This had way more energy in it. This was a hard game. This was a playoff game for both teams. They're way different. The the distance from where you want to be, the game that you're getting night in, night out, that you can rely on, from where you are right now, how far away are you from from that game that you want to see? I, I don't really know. I don't know. You know, I've only been here 25 games or so. I don't really know. I just know that we're trying to get more and more from people, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. But we're we're trying to get. I, I just know what it takes to get in, and 
at the present level, if this is the level that we're going to play at, it's not good enough. So we're going to have to find a way to get more from this group. Uh, and that's on us to try to see what we can squeeze more out of. All right, there's Hitch as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Coyotes. Very disappointing game, again, for the Edmonton Oilers. He's used that phrase a lot, Rob. we got to get more out of these players. Now, that's part of another discussion about this team. Do I think, personally, that there are players who can play better? I do. Do I think that some of the players can play a lot better? I don't. And... To me, that goes back to what we've been talking about a lot, too. I, I mean, I think there are some rosters issues, and I think the general manager has, quite frankly, messed up a lot of moves with the team. Well, and I also think that this team is where we expected them to be. I, I, we, You and I, at the beginning of the season, both thought they would make the playoffs, but we thought they'd squeak in and be a, a wild-card team. Well, they're two points out of a wild-card spot, so it's not like they're far off from where we expected them. Um, I think that sometimes... People think back to two years ago and the success they had, and they think that okay, that's the team that it should be right now. Well, they're not. They're not. They're not as good as that team. No, and, they're not as deep. They're not as deep, and they're not. They're not and, as and, good goaltending. And the, and the one thing I told you that that year, I remember saying that the, so many guys had career years that year, and you can't just duplicate that. When it's a career year, it means it doesn't happen very often. So now all of a sudden, guys are coming back to their level, and their level is a, a mediocre middle-of-the-road hockey club that when they get good goalies, good goaltending and a bounce, they can win because they got the best player on the team. When they, uh, when their top players are held in check or within reason of being in check, they're going to lose because they don't get secondary scoring. So uh, I think when Hitch says uh, we need more, and he actually even threw it out there tonight, it's either in this room or it's somewhere. I don't know where it is. And I think he's, he's seeing right now, too, that this, this team's, the expectations may have been too high for what this team is capable of doing. I still believe that they are a playoff ca- uh, caliber hockey club, but they're going to be one that's going to need to win its games in game 80 yeah. and 81 and 82 to, to get those final points that will put them into the playoffs. Yeah, and in likely a year where the playoff point total will we be below where it usually is. But by the looks of it, unless, yeah, but I mean every year is yes. different. It's top eight's top eight, so you got, you got to get in. But yeah, I mean there are, there are some. I mean, well, Florida the other night, similar record to the Oilers. I mean they're out of it. Yes, ten, 10 eleven points unless they have some know, silly play seven fifty hockey yes. the second half of the season. They're 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 done. So uh, the Oilers uh, done tonight. Three two loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Connor Garland scoring twice for Arizona. Here he is, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Management, the discipline. I mean, you guys had a complete package here today, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we knew it was a, it was a big game for us. You know, we're chasing the stands and, uh, you know, trying to get into the playoff on. So, uh, you know, we, we played a detailed game, played hard, played uh, the way we want to play. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. You're sitting there with a pile of blood on your face, a couple of more goals and a hockey night. And- Canada towel run. Can you wrap your head around this? No, you know what? I've watched that uh, interview so many times on the Boston Junior, so that was kind of funny. I mean, I remember being 16 watching that, so to be that, uh, you know, the guy sitting there was pretty, uh, pretty funny. All right, that's Connor Garland who gets two power play goals tonight for the Arizona Coyotes. The, the, his first power play goal, which was Arizona's second goal of the game, it put them up 2-1 in the second period. They were on a power play because the Oilers unsuccessfully challenged for offside on Arizona's first goal. So the puck goes right in off Garland's face. And, yeah, he was cut right open. Well, there was a lot of blood, and it was coming fast. That Galchenyuk went over to congratulate him, and right away started waving for the trainer to get out there. Uh, scary. It, it could have been way worse. I mean, the young man came back and, and finished the hockey game. The puck, it looked like, now again, we're way up here, it looked like the scar was above his eye, just above his, into his eyebrow, which means he was, you know, inches, or less than an inch from having a puck in an eye. Uh, scary situation, yet he comes out, and then what you love about him is he stands in front of the net and takes a puck in the face. Has to leave the game. Scary. Because you, you, first thing you do when that happens is you wait a few seconds and then you open your eye and hope that you can see. Later in the game, he comes out. How does he score a goal? Going back to the blue paint. He understands where, where he's going to be successful. Um, 
he, I guess, a bright spot in the game is seeing him come back from injury. Unfortunately for the Oilers, it was his second goal was the one that won the hockey game for for Arizona. The Oilers or uh, Arizona goes two for two on the power play. Edmonton just one power play. They go o for one. They had a chance uh, late in the second period. Actually, they could have taken the lead because right after Russell scored, they they got a power play opportunity. I, I, there's a few people texting in about the officiating. I didn't have a problem with it, and and that's not why the Oilers lost. I the, I mean, if I'm watching this game, the the only thing I would think is, I think it was Panic. It was Panic, yeah. You know, th- okay, his this Jones's stick gets caught in his skate. That happens yep. from time to time. If once you grab it, you, I think you'd expect it. You, maybe you maybe you don't drop it, but no, don't, you, don't don't give you, it back to the guy. But you just you drop, drop it. it. You drop it on you the ice. Threw it. Through the, the length ref, of the ice. The ref was looking right at it. That, yeah. that was a weird that, no call to me. That, that was, that's a penalty. It's an automatic penalty. And I don't understand why the ref didn't call that one. I mean, the, ref, the refs weren't calling things same. Bo- both ways. There was, uh, right in the very beginning, I think it was Jones stuck his foot out. Guy tripped over top of it. Down in the other corner, uh, I can't remember who went down. I think it was Nugent Hopkins got tripped from behind. It, they weren't calling anything. Now, it was a fairly clean game until the last right after the, the buzzer went when it got a little silly down there. Uh, this was not on the referees. This was a game where um, the Oilers were, were not good enough to win the hockey game. 3-2, Arizona wins it. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Gary standing by, who's also going to finish the play tonight. But first, uh, Gary, what are you thinking? Well, basic, I, I just want to say hi, Reed, and hi, Rob. Um, and I think that you guys have probably summed summed up a lot of the things the Oilers are doing wrong but I think the number one thing when you come to a hockey game and you got a lot of points in on the line in reference to a playoff game the emotion is the number one thing and and there was no fight with the Oilers at all along the walls and I think that really caused a lot of grief throughout the whole game but I just want to make one point before I go maybe win uh, win some prizes. Don Cherry mentioned about Connor McDavid today, that he's the best player in the NHL and in the world, and he's the most competitive player, shift in and shift out, and he's not a quitter. And he should be MVP even if the Oilers don't make the playoffs. And he said the Oilers are not a playoff team. And most of the time, Don Cherry's right. I don't know if you agree with that. Well, I don't, I'm not I don't, sure if I agree with that. But I, I, I think if the Oilers get into the playoffs, I, I mean, last year Hall and McKinnon were the top two candidates for MVP because they were on fairly mediocre teams and and mm-hmm. they were the best the best players and it was a close vote and Hall edged out McKinnon. I would think if McDavid gets 110, 115 points and the Oilers squeak in, which I think is the best yep. case scenario. He'd, he'd certainly be up there. I think I, he would be in the top three. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he'd win it. I don't think the MVP goes to a player if his team doesn't make the playoffs. Because yeah, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, but it, but well, that's how to me, of, it's as valuable as he was. He still wasn't good enough to get the team in the playoffs. If if the Oilers make the playoffs, well, then he goes right to the top of the list because he is Connor McDavid and the best player in the world right now. Yeah, and we said, well, I mean, I gave the stat about how many goals the Oilers score that don't involve one of the big three. Virtually yeah. none. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, right. It's rare. It's uh, like. But, Having said all that about MVP, there are some players having incredible oh, seasons absolutely. this year. Kucherov in Tampa is having an incredible season. As as point there, Goudreau just down the road is having an MVP type season. The two guys in Colorado. So there's a, a ton of really good hockey players having really good seasons. All right, Gary is going to finish the play. We're looking to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Cousins out to Garland to drive and a save made by Talbot and then forked in front by Galchenyuk and eventually wheeled out of there by Russell. Two on one for the Oilers. Dry side of Lucic. Trailer is Nurse. He's got it. Wrist shot. All right. Nurse, wrist shot, first period. We'll keep it simple, Gary. Goal or no goal? No goal. Your name's going in the draw. <laughs> Thanks, what do Gary. You say? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063 as the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Arizona Coyotes. Whenever the Oilers do get to five or more in a game, 
<laughs> this, that seems almost absurd to suggest at this point, but uh, they have done it a few times this season. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table. You can find them in Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and also in Sherwood Park. So the Oilers' home record falls to 11-10-1. Remember, it was 10-4-1 when they'd won those... Six in a row, 21, 21, and three on the season. So after that six-game losing streak, they've been going back and forth. I mentioned uh, over a month now since they've won back-to-back games. Not a good formula for the playoffs unless all the teams around you are also refusing to win back-to-back games. So the Oilers two points uh, out of a wild card. This is a now. Who knows? A, a month from now, we could be saying, oh, "Okay, it's it's spaced out, and and these teams are dropping off." But I mean. We all we all know now. Ever since, especially they went to the points format with getting a loss for losing an overtime or a shootout. Five hundred isn't what it was when when you played. No. You know there were twenty one teams. If you if you were five hundred, you might be tenth, eleventh, twelfth overall. Yes. Uh, you know, but Minnesota's three points over five hundred, which even that usually doesn't have you in a playoff spot. That has them in the second playoff spot. So just again about uh, what an odd race it is, at least to this point in the season. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have John standing by. Hey, John, thanks for calling. Hi, good, e- good evening, gentlemen. Well, I've, I've been watching Oilers play for the last three years, and I got a few words like Hitchcock would say, only he won't come out and say it. They're lazy tendencies, lazy bums. How do you get them to play? How can you make them? You, you can't whip them like the little kids like years ago. So how do you make them play? You don't. You keep seven players, you get rid of the rest. They're lazy bums. Well, how many? let me ask you this, John. How many players do you think are lazy, and how many do you think aren't capable of playing much better than they're well, playing? Well, I would say half of them can't play much better, and a lot of them are lazy. They don't have any emotion, nothing. They go out there, they might play one period of hockey. They're not like Vancouver. Look at Vancouver, for instance. They all hustle. They all play their hearts out. Our team don't do that. They're lazy. They have lazy tendencies, and you ain't going to get rid of that. They've been doing it for too long. They need to get a sports, uh, what do you call them? Sports psychologist? Psychologist, yes. Oh, actually, I'm... I'm guessing. I don't know for sure. I'm every, guessing every, the others do have one. They all do have one. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah. I mean, I, I I understand why John's frustrated, and you're you're right. I mean, there are areas of the ice where the Oilers are consistently losing battles, mm-hmm. and that can come down to commitment and and, and effort and, and and things like that. I mean, I've been talking a lot about the offensive end of the rink tonight, but but again, how many how many players? Okay, I, I would say this. To me, Reader and Lucic, it's, it's a little mind-boggling that they haven't scored more than they have. Other than that, who did you, like, who did Shirelli really think was going to score? Like, not Cassian, not Brodziak, not Kara nope. uh, consistently. Like, maybe, you, you know, again, okay, sure, there's some guys that might have a couple goals. You'd hope they'd have three or four. I mean, Reader and Lucic are the two guys where you, you say they should get in the teens. At yes. least, and they're yeah. they're combined for two. I mean, Chris Russell now has as many goals as Milan Lucic, and is two ahead of of of, of but, Reader. But even even if say Lucic had 17 goals this year, say he did, and you didn't have Chase on, so they they got the so they got the goals that they were expecting because Chase on's they're got 17. From one guy. They're all from one guy. They weren't expecting him to have it. No one was like he wasn't even going to be on the team if Upshaw's healthy. So it, they they just I think. There was an overestimation of what some of the players were capable of doing coming out of training camp. They they talked about, I mean, it, it was well broadcast. Everyone covered it. Talked about the fact they the uh, the wingers the others are, are lacking, and, and they thought, no, we got it. We got Yamamoto. We got Raddy. We got Puliyarvi. These guys are capable. We saw them in preseason. But what we've learned over the last number of years. Players try a little bit harder come regular season than they do in reg- in preseason. So the success you have in preseason really doesn't go a long ways once the real games start playing. And yeah, counting on young, inexperienced players that have never had success at the National Hockey League level, that is 
That, that's gutsy. You're, you're, you're going on hope and potential. And those two things don't always come to fruition. And then you start looking. I mean, Lucic, he's obviously on the back end of his, his career. I, I mean, his numbers have been going down. Now, I don't know if anyone expected they'd be down this far. But again, you, you, weren't, you can't count on him having that many. Reader, again, he's... He might. I know he had 12 to 14 the last couple of years, but again, he's not a consistent goal scorer in the National Hockey League level. And so now you're looking at Spooner. Well, they had Strom, now the Spooner. The, I, there was an overestimation on part of management of what this team is capable of doing offensively. Add that to the fact that they are still leaking too many good scoring chances going the other way. And... That's a recipe for a team being on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture. All right, 3-2 Arizona knocking off the Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid. You'll also hear from former Oiler Jordan Osterley, who scores tonight for the Coyotes. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Steel Galchenyuk, high slot, quick dish, one-timer to save made by Cam Talbot. There it is. The save that when Talbot is playing well, he seems to come up with every game. And what a dish to Clayton Keller, who was robbed. Cousins put it right in his wheelhouse, and Talbot said no. There's Jack Michaels calling the save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. Talbot winds up making 26 stops at the other end. Darcy Kemper makes 23. Arizona beating Edmonton tonight 3-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 11:32. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We uh, always uh, enjoy talking sports. We appreciate the passion of all the fans, but I do want to have a bit of a real-life moment here to... Uh, just to talk a bit about uh, a colleague who unfortunately we are going to lose, and that is uh, Peter Watts, uh, Lisa Bowes, a uh, longtime broadcaster in this country, tweeting out earlier today, over the past week, Peter's medical condition has taken a turn for the worse. He is now in a medically induced coma and sadly is not is expected to recover. His family will gather early next week to say goodbye. Uh, Peter Watts in Calgary, working for our chorus sister station there. You probably know his voice uh, from the Alberta Morning News on Saturday and Sundays for uh, several years here on 630 Chad, and he worked in the uh, sports world. Uh, I remember watching him cover uh, CFL games on on TSN, so it's uh, very sad that we're going to say goodbye to Peter. I had the chance, to obviously, to uh, get to know him a little bit through work and, and go on his show, and uh, he spent some time. They had a fire at their station a few years ago so they actually came and broadcast out of 630 Chad and uh, Peter was around so this is really sad news a great broadcaster who influenced a lot of us and I'm sure many of you enjoyed watching him so I just wanted to uh, acknowledge him tonight his career great guy and uh, condolences to all his family and uh, friends as it uh, looks like we're going to be saying goodbye to Peter unfortunately far too soon we're at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown coming to you tonight at 11.33. The final on the scoreboard is Arizona 3, Edmonton 2. Next game is going to be uh, Buffalo on Monday night. Rob, before we go back to the phone calls, I mean, what, what would be the Oilers' adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors? If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Uh, put spirit, emotion, intensity in their game against the Buffalo Sabres. You're not going to win in the National Hockey League on skill alone. You just can't. There, there's too many teams with too many skilled players. This is the National Hockey League. If you go into a game and you come out flat without emotion, you find what you got tonight. So for me, going into Buffalo, don't the X's and the O's some nights take a backseat to a team that plays with emotion and desperation. And the Oilers need to find that when they play the Buffalo Sabres because Buffalo is skilled. So if you just want to try to skill them to death, they're going to take the they're going to come out with two points at the end. So add add passion to your game on Monday. All right, we have Scott in Boston on the line tonight. Hey Scott, go ahead. What's up, guys? All right, I'm going to try to hit on a few bases quickly, if granted the time. First of all, first of all, go Pats. They're going to kill them tomorrow by 21 plus. And uh, Reed, before you dump me in about 49 seconds, I want to. I enjoy asking uh, Rob Brown a trivia question. I got a good one for him tonight. Okay. Okay. It better be better yeah. than the last one. Okay. You got the last one. I believe our record's one and one. I got All right. That's true. I'll okay. I'm ready. Right, let's go. Let's I'm ready. Uh, to the previous caller's point, McDavid MVP, without a doubt, the kid's the best. Uh, 
hockey player since Myron, we've said that before. MVP by definition, most valuable to their team. There's not one player in this league that is more valuable to their team than Connor McDavid is to the Edmonton Oilers. All right, hey Oilers fans, if you're looking for sympathy, change the channel because I'm angry and you should be too. Losing to Arizona on home ice. This is not a good sign, okay? I'm afraid this team is slowly falling into the category known as having a losing culture, which would be sad. If they go one game below 500, they're back to 500 now, 21 and 21, I believe. Yep. I would be cleaning house. I, I'm annoyed. I am. You, I, you should see me. I'm standing right now. How? They have any Hitchcock? Oh, they just hired him? Well, guess what? Fire him. On to the next one. The gentleman before me said, that uh, gentleman, he said this team has no fire. They got nothing. I want to ask you this question. I, I only caught about 30% of the game tonight. When is the last time there was an Edmonton Oilers who got into a fight? When um, was our last fight? I don't know. It was a couple weeks ago. It's been a few weeks. The Oilers haven't fought. There's not been a lot of fights this year with the Oilers. They're missing something. It makes me want to like fly out there and yell at the at the team in the locker room. Well, I'm sure that they're being they're being prodded by the coaching staff right now to be a little more emotional. And again, Rob, read before we go. I want to ask Rob a question. I know how radio works. It can end quickly, but they're lucky Buffalo was in a downswing themselves. Because if Buffalo was playing like they were three weeks ago, Buffalo would go in there and beat them six to nothing. That's how pathetic Edmonton is right now. It annoys me. If Gretzky needs an assistant coach, I'll fly out tomorrow. Someone needs to kick butt and take names. Enough is enough. And before I get to my trivia question, my closing comment. If I played for Bakersfield, I don't, I'm from Boston. Is Bakersfield in the Edmonton area? Sometimes June to no, it's, it's, it's in California. It's in California. Okay, I didn't know that. I did not know that. So they're not listening. But if they were, I'm telling you, if I played for Bakersfield, I'd be digging deep, boys. Get, get, get ready. Because I want to see them start calling up some kids who are hungry. Lucic, don't get me started on him. I've already talked about him. Sit down. I don't care that we have to pay you. Healthy scratch. Give me someone who wants to win. Who's hey, gonna put their, oh, can I I'm give annoyed. you a quick answer, and then you can ask Rob your question? December yes, 11th at Colorado was their last fight. Uh, Matthew Benning against Matt Calvert. Say right. that again, please. I'm, I missed you. December 11th was the Oilers' last fight in Colorado. Matt Benning fought Matt Calvert. Think about that. Now, I know the NHL isn't the same as it was like when Rob played. You know, The fighting is sadly being slowly taken out of the game. But, I mean, do, do they even have what's considered a tough guy? Like, who's there? Who, Lucci? Can fight. He Lucic would be their best fighter. He, Boston. he huh? would be. He would be their best fighter. All right, give yeah. Rob his trivia question okay. here, Scott. All right, Rob, here we go, buddy. I like doing this with you. I think I'm going to get you on this one. Probably. No, it's not obscure where no one would know. You, a reasonable fan will know. It's an Edmonton question. In 1988, we know the Bruins beat the. Uh, excuse me, Edmonton beat the Bruins in the finals. We all know that. In 1990, they did it again, but this time without Kretzky. But they did have a line that was known as the kid line. Who was on the kid line for Edmonton in 1990? Uh, Graves. Murphy. Murphy. Graves Murphy. Who was, who was the other one? Wait, know was it Carson? Was it Jimmy Carson? No, he was gone already. He was only there in 8089. I can't believe I told you it was a good question, Graves Murphy. Line. I actually, I can't remember the last guy. I was. I wasn't uh, living. No, in, I, I wasn't living in Edmonton. I was living in the states. So I'm going to take. I'm going to say it's Reed's fault. I just <laughs> Martin Jelena. Oh, right. oh, that's right. Jelena. Good call. Cool, Ben. Thank you, guys. Good I stuff. enjoy the show. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, see you, Scott. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose three two to Arizona. Connor McDavid did score a goal tonight. Here he is for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Bounces tonight, Connor, but it's kind of the way it's gone a little bit lately. you got to get through those. Yeah, a couple of bad bounces, obviously. I mean, one goes off a guy's face. The other one just bounces right back into the slot off the end boards. Uh, you know what? Um, can't blame it on that. You know, we uh, could have been better for sure. You say you could have been better. I feel you guys played what went wrong in your game, you think? Um, you know, offensively, I thought we generated more chances than we've had in the past. Um, you know, they just worked hard. Uh, they, they stayed above everyone. Um, you know, it was a tight checking game. These opportunities, teams chasing you in the standings, it's it's always tight. But if you have a missed one tonight, you feel like you can't let these ones go? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can feel that way. Um, you know, but you look at all the teams that, uh, that we were chasing, I think, all lost tonight, too. So, obviously a blown opportunity, but, um, you, know, um, you know, keep marching forward. 
Well, Connor's right. Blown opportunity. They could have been uh, tied in points for the final wild card. They wouldn't have had a tiebreaker, but they would have had at least uh, as many points as we check the scoreboard. For Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Here's what else uh, happened in the league. Kings beat the Penguins 5-2. Sharks over the Senators 4-1. Blues get a 3-1 win in Dallas. Vegas in overtime, knocking off Chicago 4-3. Red Wings dump the Wild 5-2, so that's what the Oilers needed, but they don't take advantage. They also needed this. Canadians shutting out the Avalanche 3-0. Couldn't take advantage. Blue Jackets in OT 2-1 against the Caps. Bruins edge the Maple Leafs 3-2. The Lightning are 35-8-2. 5-3 win over the Sabres, who are here Monday. Rangers edge the Islanders 2-1. Devils knock off the Flyers 3-2. Speaking of Bakersfield, uh, 2-0 win over Colorado. The Oil Kings beat Medicine Hat 2-1 in overtime. NFL playoffs, Rams over Dallas 30-22. KC over Indy 31-13. That is your advantage, Trailer Rentals. Out-of-town scoreboard. Yeah, so the the teams that were at the bottom of the Western Conference all picked up points on all the teams that are battling that are for in playoffs. The, they're, in the, yes. they're in the big, soft middle. Yeah, it is a soft middle right now. No, it, it, it right now the 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 way the division and the conference is set up that if a team were to get hot, and that's why we're everyone was so excited with the others coming home and having this home stand with uh, a number of games that were very winnable against teams that are outside the playoffs looking in. They could have put together a, a six and one, and they still are capable of doing it because well, they only got one loss. They, I mean, all of a sudden they would just shoot right up, and, and they would take control of that wild card spot. Uh, this, the Oilers right now are very fortunate to be one and one on this home stand. They were eight seconds away from being zero and two, and neither game. Can I say? Can I honestly say that they played as well as they could have played? Now I, I do know I do believe that they are a middling type of club, but they they didn't have the passion that they needed in games that are this important at this time of year. That, I mean, and that's I, I mean I know I keep going back to this, but it's it's so frustrating because so again those those records for the for the last month, the Oilers are now four nine and one in the last month. If they were 6-7-1, and one, we'd still be talking about them struggling, but they'd be in the playoffs by two points. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have had a substandard month. It's, it's much better t- finding... Like uh, Anna- Anaheim... Okay, get this. Anaheim has lost 10 in a row. They've gone 0-7-3. If they had gone 1-6-3, and three, or even won one of their overtime games, they'd be, be in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> they could have gone one seven and two on a ten game stretch and be in the playoffs. They'd, they'd have a spot. So, the, this is a this is a division that has, you know, well, actually probably five teams. Our conference has five really good teams in it because now Dallas. Because Dallas kinda, is actually not really safe. No, but the, the Pacific, you know, Calgary, Vegas, San Jose, They're Nashville, in. and Winnipeg. Those five teams are elite teams in the National Hockey League, like elite. And then after that. Everyone is, I mean, now the LA Kings, who are at the bottom of the conference, uh, who have actually, in the last 10 games, have a better record than almost everyone above them outside of those five teams. And that's that's the worst team in the conference. So it, it, it can still be had. They can still go into the All-Star break in a playoff position. But they must play better than they played in this first two games on this homestand because the Buffalo Sabres are good hockey. They're on the outside looking in, but they have a much better record than the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. They, they are, they're a good hockey club. They st- still have a Vancouver team that will work you to death. And then they, have, uh, then they play against the Calgary Flames, who are as good right now. Yeah, as, I mean, you... and, and they're as good as any team in the NHL outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are probably the second best team. In the NHL, Tampa right Bay's now. almost moved into a class of their own right now. It's scary. They're and, on, and then you they're w- on pace. They could actually win, set the all-time points record with the way if they now they have to keep up the exact same pace, which right. is next to impossible. But that's how good they are right now because they can beat you. Like anyway. they could have fifty wins by the first week of March. <laughs> it's 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 scary. They're that good. They are deep. They are so deep. Now, obviously, they need health on their side as well as all teams do. But they're a team that actually can overcome some injuries. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to Arizona. We have Jared on the line. Hey, Jared, thanks for calling. Hey, Jared, do we have you? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, man. I'll just, uh, it's kind of a bad luck game for a few bad luck games for the Oilers. Hopefully when they need that good luck just before getting the playoff spot, I I hope that luck comes and uh, we'll see him in the playoffs. Or better yet, in first place. 
Ooh, well, I don't know if mathematically that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, I'll tell you what, Jared. I I totally uh, get you with with you know we call it puck luck usually, but. Uh, I mean, you also get bounces when you put the puck to right the right areas mm-hmm. of the ice and have. I mean, San Jose. I realize there were a couple funny goals, but they're making quick decisions and they have players going to the right spots of the ice. I, I mean, do the Oilers never get a puck going in off a guy's leg or a guy's face because they're unlucky, or do they never get that because they don't have bodies in front of bodies the net? there, or the puck, or guys who are able to get the puck there? Yeah, I mean, you you create your own chances, you create your own luck. Uh, they always say good teams have luck. Well, it's because they have the puck all the time. The key when you're in an offensive situation is to put stress on the other team. And stress on the other team is by zone time, pucks on net, bodies in front, and just keep pounding, 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 because eventually something will break. Something will bounce for you. And the Oilers don't put enough stretch, or enough stress on the teams they're playing against. The, the Arizona... Coyotes tonight, and Hitch talked about it afterwards. They kept the puck on the outside. They kept you against the boards. They forced you there. There was never a clean play where the others had time and space to make a play because they just were on you quickly. And and it wasn't. They weren't playing the the, the 1970 Montreal Canadiens here today. This was. A, they had a bunch of journeymen on this team that just put their hard hats on and decided they were not going to be outworked. If we lose because we get outskilled, well. So be it. But we will not be outworked by the Edmonton Oilers tonight, and they weren't. And because of that, they went away with two points. Robin won face-off trivia. Which two players are tied for the Edmonton Oilers franchise lead in shootout goals? 20 each for Eberle and Hemsky. So Robin goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Alpinecredits.ca. All right, we have Terry on the open line. You'll also hear from Jordan Osterley when we get back. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. All right, 3-2, Arizona beating Edmonton tonight at Rogers Place. Connor Garland scores twice, once off his face. Former Oiler Jordan Osterley with a goal and an assist. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Just talk about that shift right in front of you before you put the shot on and how Archibald drew his guy to, to the net. Yeah, we had a lot of ozone time that right when the second period started. Uh, I saw Krauser coming up the half wall and I just try to get an open lane so I can get the puck to the net. I saw Archie going, going to the net and just try to reward him, but uh, uh, I did a good job screening the goalie and uh, was lucky enough to go in. Was so, it Carlin's, uh, Connor Garland's moment due to the bench? How did you guys feel about that? Yeah, obviously it was a little, uh, we were a little worried. Uh, I didn't know how bad it was hitting him in the face, uh, but, you know, he's a warrior. He battled back, and, and I think uh, the way he plays and, and just the heart he has, uh, uplift the team with that goal, uh, taking it off the face. I mean, he's, he's willing to put his body on the line, score goals. Are you just throwing the puck at the net on that first? Yeah, I saw Talbot on the left side, and I saw, saw the right side open. I didn't see I didn't see him. I think he, uh, I watched the replay, he was getting up right as I shot, so um, I felt bad, but it's nice to know that he feels good. Are you yelling good. at him, oh, by the way, it's gone in the net? Because he's, he's so stunned, he doesn't even know Yeah, he didn't, uh, he didn't know until intermission when, uh, when O went in there and then told him he scored. So uh, that was probably a nice uh, nice relief to know that uh, they'd all. Cool to score in Edmonton for you. Yeah, I scored my first uh, NHL, goal, NHL goal here last year. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's always exciting playing against former team, uh, trying to prove something, and, yeah. and um, it's always nice to score here and to play against All right, that's Jordan Osterley helping the Coyotes beat the Oilers 3-2. We have Terry on the line. Terry, thanks a lot for calling. Good morning, good evening. Uh, George Punchablick calling, by the way. Uh, Don Cherry is right. He's never wrong. Uh, You should know that. Uh, My uh, condolences to Peter Watt's family. uh, uh, Morning man, 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how many many morning shifts that guy tore off. Going back to coaching, uh, Reader, Cassia, Vucic, Kara, Raddy, Poljarvi. As far as I'm concerned, they could all either sit on the bench or go back to Bakersfield. And uh, uh, Bob Nicholson, uh, I'd say Arrivederci uh, to him, as well as his, bo- his boss, or uh, sorry, Shirelli. 
And uh, Shirelli reminds me of a joke we used to hear at one time about lawyers. What do you call a lawyer with an IQ of 50? Uh, Your Honor. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Terry. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Brandon standing by. Hey, Brandon. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? Pretty good, Brandon. Having trouble hearing you. Oh, sorry about that. I got yeah. you guys on the Bluetooth there. That's better. Thank you. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, I had the displeasure of watching the game tonight, like most other fans here. And I just kind of have a statement and then a question to follow up with. I agree with uh, the statement by Rob saying, you know, we have like a lack of passion, but I mean, have Ty Ratty and uh, pull your RV in and out of the lineup and Madden can't crack your top six and gravels like a staple. I think uh, you're kind of doomed to begin with. And I think passion does play a role in it. But at the same time, if your roster is suboptimal, I think it's very tough for any coach to find success. And it's not taking away from Hitchcock. He hasn't been perfect along, you know, with McClellan. But uh, I think a lot of the blame should be on Shirelli. But <clears throat> that was more of my statement. My, my question for you guys is, uh, in terms of accountability, like I'm a firm believer in accountability. If you don't have accountability, um, it's chaos, whether it's workplace, sports team, you name it. I think if, if you're Milan Lucic and you're making $6 million a year, and sure, if the scoring isn't coming, but if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to lay, lay the body down or get into a fight or stick up for teammates, if, if, if I'm a player like McDavid or Dry Saddle or, you know, like a top six player, and I'm looking in the dressing room and I'm looking for support, and I see my, you know, my $6 million guy with an assistant captaincy on his chest. Uh, you know, if he's being all hoorah in the locker room, but he's not backing it up, I think, like, at what point does accountability come from the head coach or the GM where it's like, hey, maybe we should sit this guy down, or, you know, you don't, maybe you don't have to send him to the HL, but let him sit down and kind of, like, you know. Yep. Lay, lay, I'll let, I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, Rob answer, Brandon. It's a good question. Well, no, you're, you're right. I think everyone's got to be held accountable from the top to the bottom. If you don't hold your top players accountable, then how are you supposed to uh, say to someone at the bottom, say, well, you know what, you got to do this. Well, you're not holding him to the same type of standards. Every player should be held to the exact same standards. And ice time is, a, uh, is the only thing that a coach can hold over a player nowadays. A lot of players, especially top-end guys, have no trade, no movement, can't send them anywhere. The only thing you control is is ice time. And um, I'm not saying any player in particular, but... Would you, would you, do you think he'd actually take that... Like, that would be a huge story if he actually scratched Lucic. Uh, it would be a huge story. Uh, if anyone is capable of doing it without caring, it would be Ken Hitchcock. I don't think he's there yet, though. I think that they want, they need more out of Milan Lucic. The team is better when Milan Lucic plays the way he's capable of playing. You can get more on 630Ched.com. I'll be doing cut-ins starting at noon tomorrow from the Oilers Skills Competition. Our next game broadcast is Monday, 5.30 face-off show game at 7, Oilers home to Buffalo. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer back at 630Ched. Arizona 3, Edmonton 2 is your final Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.